Hello and welcome to today's episode of Nucleus Investment Insights. Today, we're going to talk about the impact rising interest rates are having on housing affordability and the implications for the property market as a whole. As you're likely aware, the RBA has raised interest rates at its fastest rate in about 50 years, and this has led to some of the worst valuation metrics on record. So we'll delve into these in detail, and we'll also have a look at our comprehensive property calculator in the second half of the show. And in this calculator, we can talk through some different scenarios, uh, like, for example, whether it's better to rent or buy, and the different outcomes of investing in property versus shares. My name's Sam Kerr. I'm the Senior Financial Advisor at Nucleus Wealth. Today, as always, I want to welcome the Founder and Chief Investment Officer at Nucleus Wealth, Damien Classen. Damien, thanks for coming on the show and sharing your knowledge as always. Sam, thanks. Excellent. Uh, so this is a topic on everyone's mind, so I'm sure many people are looking forward to your insights. Uh, just a little bit of housekeeping before we get started. If you enjoy our content, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and click the bell below to be notified when we go live or have a new episode recorded. Alternatively, you can follow us on your preferred podcast platform. Our show is available on all the majors. Uh, just one thing I want to mention before we get started, uh, if you want to have a look at the slides in more detail, we'll post them in the show notes after the show, and you can view these at nucleuswealth.com forward slash webinars. And we'll also put some links into the slides uh, for the recent property, uh, monthly property updates and articles that Damien writes. Um, so yeah, you can view those at nucleuswealth.com forward slash webinars. Uh, so now we've got that housekeeping out of the way, we'll get started. So Damien, over to you. Yeah, thanks, Sam. Um, let's start with the uh, the RBA. So, uh, and what the markets are currently pricing in. So, at the moment, uh, its official rates are 1.35%. That sort of uh, translates to a um, to a mortgage rate of about 4.7. Uh, um, the uh, and then we've got this. I've got this chart up showing the the interbank uh, cash rate uh, implied yield curve. And basically, what this is saying is if if you strip out what's what's priced in at the moment, you can see what the market is expecting in terms of interest rate rises. Um, so you can see that next month, um, they're, they're expecting a, 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 or they've priced in a, a pretty much a pretty close to a 50, another 50 basis points. Um, certainly by September, that's in there. And then by, uh, by February next year, so you've got about sort of six, six or seven months or March, March, I guess, where, where it's peaking about 2% higher than where it is today. So interest rates are probably around about um, 6.7 to, to 7% um, interest rates at, at, at that point. Uh, you'd expect that uh, you know, fr from the banks to, um, uh, to be there. So uh, lots sort of priced in. It's been, a, it's quite, I mean, and, and um, you know, the rate already has been quite extraordinary. So uh, I've got a, a chart up just showing that the changes in mortgage payments over a one year period. Um, <clears throat> And, and this is on a on a eighty uh, percent mortgage with over twenty five years, and, and you've basically had over a thirty percent increase in the mortgage payments um, already. It's basically the fastest ever, um, sort of uh, equal with a uh, one right back in the nineteen seventies. But um, uh, you know you can see it's it, it is for for uh, for new home buyers, it is a dramatic change in 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 the affordability and and, and what you can um, what you can put down. Uh, if you get another, if if you go to where the markets are expecting, um, 
that is looking uh, so relative to, to to where we were last year. It's closer to a sixty percent increase in in the in the mortgage um, payment on a on on over a twenty five year period. Um, and keeping in mind, you know, obviously not everyone's um, got a mortgage that runs for twenty five years. Uh, it's 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 sort of a bit of a pretty close to a straight line um, in terms of the uh, in, in terms of what you see there. So you know, so I guess a thirty percent odd um, increase. In one year at the moment, if you only had a twelve and a half year mortgage, then then you're looking at about a fifteen percent increase in your in your mortgage payments. So um, yeah, it's uh, but but significant is is nevertheless is um, uh, the increases in mortgage payments that we've seen. So so I guess what I'm saying is we've already seen record tightening, um, and, uh, and and we're expected to to basically do the same again in terms of um, in terms of interest rate rises. Well, that's what that's, that's what the market's pricing in at the moment. Uh, so what does that actually mean for um, the outlook? Um, well, we've got our our housing drivers sort of short term that we um, and this is well, these are designed to sort of give you an idea of what's what's sort of driving us at the margin. So so I've got two two ways I look at the housing market. One is this that these short term factors that are going to push the housing market over the next year or two, um, and then secondly is these longer term valuation metrics that um, we talk about the market coming back to and. I'll deal with those in a second, but let's let's just deal do the short term ones first. So, um, what we're looking at here is just a chart of um, so demand and, and supply factors. So the the demand factors um, we look at is credit availability. Um, now, now why that's important? We saw that in 2018 when the when the uh, we had the banking royal commission, and uh, basically all the banks pulled back on on what they would actually lend. Um, so, you know, we've got, certainly had some slowing in terms of credit availability. It's not pouring out as fast as it was. Um, there's been some APRA changes, but, you know, we're not, we're certainly not restrictive. And, and the issue that usually happens with when you get housing uh, market sort of pullbacks or housing market crashes is that uh, banks, uh, it's pro-cyclical. When, when things are great and prices are going up, um, they, they, they throw as much credit out there as they can. And then when uh, when houses start to fall and they get concerned about um, uh, about loans, they actually start to pull back on credit at the same time as as things start to go badly. So so which then makes things go worse because it's you know it's harder to lend. And so um, and, and I guess the point I'm making on this chart was was basically we had a we had a housing so, you know some some reasonable housing price falls in sort of 2018, um, really just based on the on the on the withdrawal of credit um, from from the market at that at that time. Um, and that was sort of the banks anticipating what what was going to come out of the Royal Commission. Um, when uh, the Royal Commission, uh, uh, I guess most of the uh, most of the recommendations from the Royal Commission, when they weren't implemented, then um, that's when the banks um, sort of got going again and, and started pushing out uh, pushing out credit. So uh, over the last year or two, they've been pushing out plenty of credit. Um, uh, we sort of helped to to sort of drive that price. At the same time, with the price of credit. Um, had some dramatic falls, uh, and we had the the RBA, you know, uh, out there effectively funding banks by by giving them cheaper loans than what state governments could borrow at um, for giving to banks as long as they were putting it into their their, their three year mortgages, um, and 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 now that's reversed. So you know we're seeing the the fastest um, you know rise in the price of credit, and so that's that's sort of a huge negative in terms of um, in in terms of the short-term factors on housing, and that's why we're seeing house prices roll over already, and quite likely to see uh, house prices continue to, to, to fall. Um, 
Your next short-term factor is employment. The it's it's a neutral at the moment. You know, wage growth's um, improving, but it, you know, it's at record lows. Um, we've got great unemployment. The problem is, uh, yeah, problem is that we haven't haven't seen a lot of wage growth, and and now the question is, you know, will that start to reverse? So um, we're in this rapidly rising rate environment. Uh, will you know, unemployment uh, just came out as I think the record, well, well certainly a record over over, over in, in recent times, record low. Um, and then the question is, though, as as um, these interest rates rise, you know, how much will that start to reverse and and, and become a, a negative? Uh, population growth is another one. So you know, we've all heard about you know the amount of um, uni students and 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 running you know population uh, immigration levels are much much higher um, than than we basically we've ever seen before over the last sort of 10, 10 or so years. Um, the uh, that reversed in in terms of COVID, so we we basically got back to net zero. I've got a question mark on where it goes. So there's certainly um, uh, governments are trying to throw open the borders. Um, the uh, the federal government sort of come out with some some um, visa um, sort of offers and 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 trying to to sort of drive this again to get to get that population growth going again. Um, but we really haven't seen much of it. So um, you know, I guess there's a there's a question about uh, well, there's just this real question in a post-COVID world about if people are concerned about lockdowns and and I guess how Australia treated sort of university students and or foreign university students during lockdowns. Uh, there's this question about well, if I'm not quite sure if there are going to be more lockdowns, do I want to be in a different country? Um, you know, I might not be able to get work. Um, I, uh, I won't be earning any money. Uh, government handouts seem to go to citizens, not to not to students. And so, um, you know, there's this idea that will that population growth that, that the government wants will that actually come on or, or not? Um, and so, yeah, yet to be seen. But but certainly to date, it's um, the population growth has been very weak, uh, much lower than what I think the uh, the government would have hoped for. Uh, foreign buyers is another one. So um, you know, in the boom years, uh, so we had. Um, uh, when when we had our uh, Joe Hockey was um, was the treasurer, you know, we spoke about sort of actually cracking down on the foreign buyers, and uh, there was a couple of forced sales, and they were looking at at beefing up the uh, the, the the force that was actually looking at at foreign at foreign buyers. So so foreign buyers aren't aren't officially allowed to buy existing uh, houses; they're they're actually only meant to be buying new houses, but but it's just very poorly policed. And and actually, the net effect of it often is the fines are so small um, uh, that that for for most people, it's it's it, it's no disincent, it's no uh, discouragement. Uh, then in those boom years, um, uh, once once hockey was no longer the treasurer, it basically reversed, and um, and they basically just ignored it again and, and allowed foreign buyers to um, to do it. So there are rules against it buying it, but they just don't get enforced. Uh, then once we saw um, uh, the question now is 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 Chinese buyers there's a, there's obviously still a lot of tension between Australia and, and China um, you know our expectation is that that's not going to be easing anytime soon and that means you know your, your average Chinese buyer who sort of helped to drive the market um, in the uh, in boom years uh, is is no longer going to be um, looking to pour money into into the Australian market uh, in terms of tax incentives, there's plenty of those still out. Lots of government support still for uh, for for housing. Um, so you know we're expecting that to keep going as a, as a short-term factor. Uh, money laundering. We had uh, for anyone who didn't catch it, we had a an expert on um, just recently, Nathan. Uh, sorry, complete mental blank on his surname. Sam, help me out. Uh, uh -huh. 
from the Nathan Crowley. Yes, and um, uh, and and so uh, you know, and I guess he was highlighting that there is this chance that um, Australia will finally put the money laundering uh, rules onto um, uh, onto onto the property market. So. Yeah, the, the summary basically is that Australia is one of the, the one of I think five countries left in the world who haven't actually put the anti-money laundering laws on on the property market, and that somewhere between I think ten to fifty billion dollars every year from criminal proceeds sort of ends up in Australian housing because um, nobody's looking at it. Uh, so there is proposals. Um, he was quite hopeful that that a, a Labor government would put them in, um, but we certainly haven't seen any sign of it yet. Um, uh, you know, Austrac, you know, was only just recently came out and highlighted the continued issues in terms of money laundering in in the property market. Um, so maybe it'll come on, and maybe that'll be negative. But but you know, we certainly can't see it at the moment. And and you'll probably you'll probably get at least six or twelve months, I guess, forward um, uh, indication of when that will come on anyway. So once they actually get the legislation, start arguing about it, you know, put it back to. Um, to industry, yeah, that, that's probably six six months or so, and then the implementation is probably going to be at least six months or, or maybe longer in terms of giving you know real estate agents and 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 the like uh, you know enough time to make changes to to uh, to put that in. So yeah, so money laundering still a still a positive, short term positive. Um, and Damien, just um, you know, interest rates they're obviously the biggest driver um, mm. of interest rates of and credit credit availability. Yeah, two biggest, um, I would say. And uh, you know, interest rates are obviously on the rise. But what what impact does the population growth, you know, just sort of uh, just growing at natural rates rather than through immigration, and also the drying up of foreign buyers? What what impact do you think that's going to have? Um, look on on its own, a reasonable impact. Uh, I, I guess I I guess I think of housing as a um, as an more of an economic than a than, than actually, so, so I think there's probably a later slide which actually might answer this a little bit better. Actually, it might that might even be the next one. Let me uh, just double check. Uh, yeah, it's basically it's a it's I've got one sort of two slides on just talking about sort of this rough idea of stock and flow, and so um, it's and it probably sort of fits fits well with what you're asking here. So. Every year, Australia builds about 100,000 to 200,000 new houses, and some of those are knockdowns. And so there's new there's new houses coming on all the time. Um, you get about 2.6 people per house, and so you know, if you're building 100,000 new houses, um, then theoretically that gets you you know enough room to fit 260,000 people. Um, some of those though are, uh, are new people, and some of them are people that are um, uh, uh, you've knocked down a house to do it, and so you sort of you haven't really added to to, to supply. Um, so that's that's where you are with that. Then you've got about eleven million houses in total. So your actual amount of building per year is very very small relative to the amount of uh, houses we've got. Eleven um, percent of those houses don't have anyone in them. So the idea there is that um, effectively what you've got is uh, people who are either you know have multiple homes. Um, they might have an apartment and a, and, a, and, a, and a house in the country and and sort of you know live in live in both. Um, people with holiday homes who who don't. Um, who don't rent them out, or or, or Airbnbs sort of count there because that's not actually somebody's official home. Um, yeah, you know, people go there for holidays, but but people don't actually live in that as a um, as a full time. So you've got these unoccupied houses, and you don't need to change that very much to actually make a huge difference. 
So if you change that by, um, you know, it's, we've got 2.6 people per, per dwelling at the moment. If you change it to 2.7 people, there's actually another 350 extra houses, 350,000 extra houses you've just freed up. If you change it the other way to, 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 to 2.5, um, you've actually got it, you know, another 350 houses um, uh, that, yeah, that, that, you know, that you've, uh, of supply that you can bring on. So, so you, your annual supply um, really depends upon movements in this ratio of 2.6, you know, how, how far does that go? Um, uh, and then, and then you're unoccupied as well. So, um, you know, so, that, so if you change your unoccupied from, I've used the example here, 10.5 to 11.4%, um, that gives you another 150,000 new dwellings. So, and, and they're, to me, they're economic indicators. So if the economy is going well, people are making money, um, you know, then kids move out of their home kids move out of their parents' house faster. Um, people who are living in share accommodation can afford to have one less um, one less part, uh, one less flatmate. Uh, you know, people who are, are thinking about, oh, do I buy a holiday house and just, you know, and, and I'll just keep it for myself and, and or I'll buy an apartment in the city, um, you know, so I can stay in there and, and, you know, stay in there a couple of nights a week and stay in my country house a few times a week. Those types of things, those economic factors are what drives that 2.5 to or sorry, the 2.6 people per, per dwelling. And that has a far bigger impact than sort of small changes in, 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 um, uh, in the number of people coming into the house or the number of houses being built. So I guess, I guess what I'm getting to is, yes, in the longer term, um, you know, that makes a difference if you've got people coming on and you're not building enough houses or if you've got, um, so you've got more foreigners coming in and you're not building enough houses. And, and it does make a short-term difference, which is, which is why I've got it up on this list of saying, um, you know, it, it does make a difference at the margin. But I do think um, the bigger factor really is an economic one about um, it's not about how many houses we build. And well, yeah, sorry. In the short term, it's not about as many houses as you build. It's about this economic idea, how many people are living in each house and how many people have got spare houses, so to speak. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, I guess, you know, we've had a bit of a reshuffling through uh, through COVID, you know, people wanting to see changes. Um, you know, oh, need extra space. room for your, um, yeah, for your study, you know, all office, that stuff like that. Yeah. People want yeah, houses so, rather than units for you, your, uh, that's present company included, Sam. Indeed, so, indeed. <laughs> yeah, uh, we all want more space, don't we? Yeah. Well, some of us do. Some of us. Have. I'm, I'm, I'm going the other way. I've got kids moving out, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. Um. There's. Uh. But but I guess the idea. Yeah. The the idea with that is that. Um. You know, foreign buyers maybe like maybe that's actually freeing up some some more um some more space because if there are say say you've got a foreign buyer who who buys a property um in order to get money out of a uh, a country that they. You know, the, the money may or may not be illicit funds. They're just trying to get out of the country and they're just going to leave that place empty and come visit a couple of times a year. Then by them not buying that place, that might be a good thing for supply because now actually somebody locals bought it and, and you've got more supply in the market. So, um, yeah, this is, but, but if you've got foreign buyers who are coming in buying and then renting it out, you know, there's maybe it pushes prices higher. So, you know, I guess there's a, there's a few of those that are sort of double-edged. Yeah, lots of, lots of different factors at play. Mm. Um, the supply factors then, um, restrictive planning. So look, Australia's got, um, uh, like I've put a, a small one because I, I do think it is mildly um, restrictive. Um, 
you know, the, the property developers complain bitterly about how restrictive it is. I guess for them, um, most of them are sitting on 20 plus years of, of, um, of property and they, they drip the property out very, very slowly. So I think as much as they complain about restrictive planning, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, on one hand, complain about restrictive planning and on, and on the other hand, have all this land sitting on your, on your books that, you, you know, you've got 15 years or 20 years worth of your next building things already booked in. And um, so, so, yeah, so there's, there's some element to it. But um, you know, we're certainly there's no real significant changes to planning processes that are um, that are planned at the moment. That for, um, and, and legislation that's going through uh, under an oversupply. So you know that we've sort of this is a mixed bag. So we've got a lot of building in progress at the moment. So we had the home builder um, support, and so there's a lot of um, building which is sort of just coming onto the market. Uh, on the flip side, there's a bunch of developers that are collapsing at the moment. Um, you know, sort of caught in this this squeeze between. Uh, you know, fixed price contracts and 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 inflationary pressures on on housing materials. So um, yeah, so your short term factors are a little bit both ways. And then the last one, the structural change, which is sort of a new one I added, sort of post COVID, which is this idea that we we're just talking about there that um, yeah, that's a positive for house prices. So so all the green arrows here, sorry, are positives. So that's a that's more of a positive than a negative, because um, the uh, the, there's a desire for houses versus units. There's a desire for more sort of regional versus city. So there's that structural change and people wanting that extra space so they can have home offices and, and things like that. I do think is a positive for, for house prices in terms of people wanting to, um, yeah, wanting to make. So yeah, so so yeah, just to confirm, green sort of means it's a it's um, it's it's something which will affect house prices, push house prices up, and 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 red means it's something we think will will at the margin push house prices down. But overall, um, you know, from this slide, the thing to remember is it's the price of credit. That's the one which I feel as much as you've got all these other factors that are helping, um, uh, the price of credit is going to trump all those factors given the speed at, at which it's going up. Uh, right. So, that, so hopefully that makes any, any, any other questions you had on that one, Sam? Uh, I think that's all pretty clear for the moment. Yeah, uh, so, got, so that's got a all. Few short... Comments coming through. Um, yeah. Just, just asking about is now a good time to buy, or is it still risky? But I mean, I don't know if you can really answer that one. Uh, well, you know, it's <laughs> not personal advice or whatever. But I, I, I guess what I'd say is, um, uh, in terms of uh, rising interest rates, if you're expecting interest rates to go to what the market's pricing into, sort of seven percent. Um, then that's sort of off the charts in terms of the changes. Like we've never seen, we've already seen the biggest changes ever, every every year. Um, that's just sort of doubling that again. And um, uh, and that was the other factor with that. And uh, and quite possibly, you know, slowing uh, employment factors and a whole bunch of other factors. And Australia's got way more debt than we used to have in in the nineteen seventies anyway. Um, it would, you know, you, you're basically expecting some other factor to come out. That's, that's something to come out of left field that's going to drive house prices higher because um, uh, yeah interest rates are um, uh, you know the way things look at the moment interest rates are, are really gonna really gonna smash them but let's let's go into some of those longer term factors because I think that's where um, you know we look at um, which is what we generate this property calculator for and the idea is that you know in the longer term um, mortgage payments have some bearing on rent so uh, at the moment, in uh, you know, if you're buying a house in Sydney, um, you're basically your mortgage payments are roughly double what the rent is for an equivalent house, and so at that point, you know, at some point, we believe people have to sit and look and go, well, okay, 
going to cost me a thousand dollars a week to rent this house, and it's going to cost me two thousand dollars a week to buy it. You know, maybe I'll just maybe I'll just rent for a while and hope hope those prices will come back because um, uh, there is you know it, it does when it gets to extreme levels. You know, so so I guess what we're we're saying is that that's a series which we think will will revert back to a to to a, a a more reasonable level or certainly sort of pulled back to a number. Um, Mortgage payments to wages is, is similar in terms of saying, well, you know, the amount of people, the amount of pe people's wages that they will spend on on the house um, has some sort of limit. Um, that uh, we, we sort of showed numbers over the last sort of uh, 30, 40 years uh, on our charts, and, and I, we do acknowledge that you know there have been uh, there is a rise in terms of uh, more sort of two income families and things like that that will make a bit of a difference to that. Um, you know how much can be afforded, but in the end, um, there is some limit in terms of, um, again, in terms of you know people have to be able to afford what they're what they're uh, what they're buying, and, and I think both those two are, are more important as a longer term factor because uh, they're ongoing payments that need to be made. The property price to wages makes a difference because people need to save a deposit, but again, it's a one off. That's a that's a one off effect, and so and there are ways people can get you know whether it's bonuses or they can get loans from parents or, or gifts from grandparents or whatever it is um, that can actually help them get on to the into the market um, but it's 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 more about the mortgage payments to rent and mortgage payments to to wages um, you know we we believe that sort of drives the longer term affordability and then last of all you've got your rental yields um, uh, which is your investor returns uh, I, I don't think uh, there's many investors out there buying property uh, over the last few years for the rental yield, uh, it's all about the capital gain because the rental yields, you know, quite frankly, don't really add up from a, um, from a, you know, the, uh, after costs, um, you know, there's a lot of places that are, are, are negative in terms of the, uh, the rental yield you can get on them. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a factor. It is a factor that sort of should, should um, uh, go into your, 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 Arithmetic, but at the moment, it's not a factor. We we think that's that's making too much of a too much of a difference. Um. So yes, yeah, so I spoke about a little bit of this stock versus flow. Um. But let's let's jump on to, to have a quick look at some of the, the actual ratios that we're seeing. Uh. So, the uh yeah so property valuation ratios, we're looking at about um, uh. So, so I spoke about the mortgage payment to rent in, in Sydney is now two hundred and seven percent. So basically, that idea that yeah, if you were, if you're if you could rent a house for a thousand dollars a week, um, you're paying two thousand and seventy dollars for for that house to as a mortgage, and that's you know before we get another five percent, oh sorry, half percent increase or, or another two percent increase in, in interest rates, uh, and that that's that's effectively um, the highest it's ever been in Sydney. Um, your mortgage Payment to a full-time wage is is at eighty-five percent of a full-time wage. So again, um, uh, pretty close to to, to all-time record highs there. Um, uh, Melbourne's you know a, a fair way behind that, but but still extraordinarily high. Um, you know, you're still paying eighty-three percent more than than the cost of renting. Um, you know, for the for the honour of having a house. Um, uh, and then drops away in some of the other states. So that that's the absolute numbers there. What I'm going to do those jump to um, some of the relative figures. Actually, I'll, I'll do the three-month changes first. Um, sorry, and then then we'll look at how that sits versus history because that's that's what's more important, I think, in terms of knowing you know what markets are, where markets have been in the past. 
So, you know, over this three year, over the three months, um, you know, the mortgage payments to rent has all sort of gone up by sort of 15% um, ish on, on the, most of the markets. Some of them are only up 10. Um, but, you know, it's, it's significantly higher um, in terms of mortgage payment to full time wage. You know, again, you've sort of 3% at the bottom, but, but, you know, well over 5% increase in terms of the um, your mortgage payment relative to a full time wage. Uh, some of the property price, um, uh, have declined and, and and the gross yields have improved a little bit. Um, so certainly Sydney house prices have started to fall and, and Melbourne house prices have started to fall. Uh, we've also seen um, uh, rental yields increasing quite quite quickly in, in both those markets. And so that means that some of those figures are, are, are starting to help in terms of looking at, you know, your gross rental yield, for example, is, is improving there. But um, they're still not. Damien, is, is the gross rental yield, is that increasing because of the house price falls or are rents going up as well? Both. Yeah. Both. Both. Yeah. So it's mostly, um, I'd say that's probably relatively equal in terms of the, in terms of what's come through. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay so then we look at uh, the, the, the final one I wanted to show, which is probably the most gives the most information is uh, what I've done is I've put all of these as a percentile. So so basically, when I look at the Sydney mar housing market and say, okay, it's trading at 207% um, of is your mortgage payment relative to your rent. Where's that relative to where it's been at, in, in the past? And it's at the 100th percentile. So the top 1% of, of all records is where it's at. Um, Melbourne, even though Melbourne was only at 170 or 180 or whatever it was, um, that's at the 98th percentile. So, so it's higher than at all times, except for for two percent of the um, the records, and so as you look across these, um, you know, so as you can see, Sydney is um, on four of those measures. Four of the five measures is um, basically as 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 expensive as it ever gets on on all those measures, and Melbourne is is not far behind. Um, Brisbane's a little bit better, um, uh, and the only one you sort of say is sort of semi reasonable um, is, is your Perth houses. Um, that's, sorry, that's in the housing market. When you get into the unit markets, um, Brisbane, Adelaide, Perth, uh, they're all actually, you know, there's, there's still reasonable affordability relative to where they've been in the past in all those markets. And I guess that's, you know, a lot of that is this, this demand for um, uh, people. There's this demand we spoke about, people wanting to move into houses and add up units. And that's what sort of meaning that the unit prices haven't risen as much as, as what we've seen house prices rise. And um, and they're generally paying better yields as well. So, yeah. So yes. So if, if I want to jump into a few of those markets just to sort of show you sort of graphically. Um, oh, sorry. Actually, let me let me do the macro factors first. Um, so you can see the the again just looking at how things are on these this idea of a percentile. So mortgage rates of four point seven percent. They're actually not that expensive relative to history. So we're actually only in the you know sixteen percent of the time. Um, they've been at the current rate or lower, so so you know eighty something percent of the time they've been higher than than what they, where they are today. Having said that, though, um, Australia's got way 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 more debt than it, than it had at any time back in the 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 periods where um, mortgage rates were higher, and so um, the effect of that that interest rates will have a much larger effect on on the economy. Um, inflation's still running quite hot. Um, keeping in mind that sort of inflation is a lagging indicator for some of these. Um, wage growth. Now I've got the three-year wage growth one. Um, I should have actually put up the, the the current wage growth. On a three-year wage growth, the average, the the real wage growth is terrible. Um, it's it's below inflation. Um, 
on and the reason why I use three year averages is just because the, the the actual series are a bit too um, they jump around a bit too much uh, to, to to get information from it. But so wage growth has been a bit stronger recently. Um, not strong. It's it's just been better than than um, the the really low levels it's been at over the last few years. But um, yeah, both on a, on a three year basis, both nominal wages and real wages are, are have been very weak. And then we can also see that uh, right at the end there, we've got this big bounce in rents that we spoke about. So um, yeah, huge increase in, in rents in the last quarter. Um, now the question is, you know, is that sustainable? Can that, you know, if you're looking at houses and you're going, yeah, look, rents are going to grow at, um, you know, whatever, six, 7% per annum for the next five years, then uh, you're, you've been in a much better position than if you've, you're looking at what they've, what rents have grown at in the past. So um, I've got a blue line on this graph that shows the, the real rental growth. So that's the rental growth um, above uh, above or below inflation. And typically, it's um, about the same as inflation in terms of um, in terms of rental growth. So you get, you get a number of years of above growth and a number of years of below growth. We've just been through this period where we've been growing below uh, inflation for a long time. Uh, the latest quarter is looking like it's probably going to be above inflation for the first time in uh, maybe five or six years, but um, you know, rental growth in the longer term is is quite low. And the other thing to remember as well with this rental growth series is um, this isn't necessarily talking about your property. So this is talking about the average property. And there's always new houses being added to the to the market, and there's always people you know renovating and doing new things. And so you'd expect that you know the average property is actually getting better over time. So if you're just looking at a single property and with it that hasn't been um, renovated, hasn't been sort of redeveloped, then chances are that rental growth is going to be worse than what you're seeing it in, in this series, because this is sort of a, a, a you know, the, the composition of this series is changing. Uh, so let me, let me jump to Brisbane houses, just to give you an idea, Brisbane houses and units, just to give you a bit of a, an idea of some of those numbers. So um, and you can grab all these yourself off the property calculator if you, um, you want to jump in and you've got a particular market you want to look at, uh, or, or in that in, in the detailed report, I sort of jump in and, and have, a, have a section on each of the markets. But the, the main one I wanted to point out with the Brisbane is it's, it's now, say, on the mortgage payments to, to wages. It's now at the 95th percentile, so um, uh, and it's rocketed there. So you know, go back a year, and, and this is this point about the, the, the increase in the mortgages plus the increase in, in prices we've seen in, in Brisbane is that it, it was pretty cheap actually um, in terms of Brisbane Brisbane houses, but uh, given the, the both the increases in prices and the increases in um, mortgage rates, it's gone from you know I think it was sort of about the thirtieth percentile or something like that to to the ninety fifth percentile pretty quickly. Uh, similar story, not quite as bad in mortgage payments to rent, um, but then if you flip across to the other side and have a look at the on the right, we've got the units. And um, they're uh, they're not too bad. Like they're still, um, you know, your mortgage payment to wages is at the twenty second percentile. Um, mortgage payment to rent is at the thirty seventh percentile. And I guess what's that? What that is reflecting is that um, uh, property, the prices of units in Brisbane really haven't moved very far. So um, yeah, they're still relatively affordable, you know, versus history in terms of uh, in terms of that market. But but but. I guess the, the issue, the thing is, they've seen some of the biggest changes in, in terms of affordability. Uh, if I jump to the Perth market, that's the one where it's still relatively affordable across a lot of these. You know, the, the mortgage payment to rent is sort of at, at, the, at the 58th percentile. So 
you know, still sort of roughly average over, over the longer term. Mortgage payments to wages is a little bit higher, but um, you know, it's not the, nowhere near the extreme levels we're seeing elsewhere. And, and a large part of that is because you saw such um, big big falls in Perth houses, um, you know, right throughout the uh, the the from 2010 to 2018. You saw some some significant falls in 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 Perth houses, and that means that um, you know the Perth units are, are still looking uh, relatively cheap as well on on these measures. Um, probably a bigger issue for Perth is is picking your resources and and working out whether you know if you think that you know, gas prices are going to stay high and and chances are they are they will. Um, given that what's happening in Europe, you know, unless you get some sort of sudden resolution to to the Russia Ukraine situation, then that's that's obviously a good thing for. Um, for Perth prices in terms of the, the amount of employment um, that goes into the, the gas sector. Um, and the flip side is you're, um, there's a lot in the mining though as well. Uh, and, and that's very much dependent upon Chinese housing and the Chinese housing is not looking good though. That's, um, yeah, so you've got two, two parts to that. Um, but yeah, if you've got a strong view on, on, on both those that, that um, you know, I guess interest rates won't go as high in, in Australia and you had a strong view on, on, on the gas prices are going to be good and that resources are going to be good, then, then um, yeah, Perth, Perth housing is, it would be attractive under those scenarios. But, um, yeah, then a question about which, which of those three are, are uh, you're more negative on. And the final one I just wanted to show as well is then the Sydney house market just sort of showing that those, um, you know, the mortgage payments to median wages, um, yeah, you can see over that sort of uh, 40-odd year period that, uh, you know, 50%-ish, I guess, maybe a little bit higher than 50% in, in, some, in some periods. And, and, you know, we basically peaked in the, in the 87 when you saw, um, you know, your 20% mortgage rates. Uh, you peaked at sort of 80% and we're, all, we're already at 85% of um, your mortgage payment to median wage. Having said that, there's probably more people work. There are probably more people per household are working. The moment so that sort of evens out a little bit your mortgage payment to rent though um you don't have that same argument and again you know higher than what it was in the uh the 80s higher than what it was right out the two out 2000s um so yeah it's a uh never been more expensive to to buy somewhere uh and then the final bit is your mortgage your property payment to medium wage where it has been falling back in recent times as, as property prices have, have fallen away so, yeah, that's that's the sort of three marks I wanted to pick on. But you can you can see all those markets on, in that detailed report we have on the website. Um, so property calculator. Oh, sorry, any questions there, Sam? That should be. Uh, so we've had a had a couple come through on the chat. Uh, so we have a question here from Mike Delta. Uh, he's he's saying, do you think a recession will have people move back to the cities? Uh, where the jobs are and uh, will this impact regional property values yeah it's a good question um yeah look i don't know because the, the question is as well um uh you know most regional areas should be able to grow the the population but sort of grow the housing stock um much more easily they, there's plenty of room and space you know australia is not australia is a very very big country um you know relative to say something like england that sort of fits you know, twice as many people into, I don't know, a twentieth of the space or something like that. So, so you know, there there's certainly plenty of room to to grow. Um, it, to me, it's been the the growth in regional has been this this idea of people the sea change of people wanting to get out of the cities who can now work from home a lot more. 
Um, I do think that work from home will probably be around, but you know that's a but I don't know. So maybe if if there's a, a mixture of increasing un, uh, in unemployment and companies start forcing people to come back into the office, then I think you're right. Um, but the other factor is because there's um, it's much easier to buy the um, sorry much easier to build in in regional areas. You would expect that 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 supply will come on to to sort of force those those prices back down. Um, that's just a question about when and and it, whether it's fast enough or you know is the is the exodus to regional areas, um, you know, is that if prices fall, does that mean there'll be more exodus that'll push prices back up and you sort of keep going until for, for some time? Um, so, uh, yeah. So if that's the, um, yeah, so, so it's a good question. I, I really don't know the answer to that one. But I guess, I guess time, time will tell. Yeah, that's right. And and the whole work from home bit, you know, obviously there's a lot of companies that do want more people back in the office and, and are sort of fighting to get people back into the office. And, and there, but there's plenty of companies that are saying, well, this is fine. You know, people are productive and we're happy to have them work from home. So, um, yeah, don't know what the, don't know what the final answer will be. Okay. Um, great. So let's, let's go to the property calculator. Um, I just want to clarify one thing. Uh, it was Nathan Lynch, Nathan Lynch from Lucky Laundry who published Lucky Laundry recently. Um, so just wanted to clarify that. Apologies, Nathan. Uh, but here's, here's another plug for your book. So, uh, Lucky Laundry. <laughs> cool. Have you, uh, okay. You've got the property. Yeah, I thought what I'd do is I'd, I'd show um, I'd show the output first of this just to sort of show you what I'm trying to do um, behind this, and then uh, so so keep stick with the slides for a minute, and okay. I'll um, yeah we'll do that, and then then I'll jump to the property calculator and, and we'll go through a live example. So the idea is I've just got here um, you know Sydney house million dollars with a two hundred thousand dollar deposit and four percent interest rate. So assuming that interest rates fall from where they are back to four percent, and saying okay, what is that? Um, and now you've, you've got three, four, sorry, four different factors across the top that I can choose as what's my valuation metric going to be. So where, so I've, uh, in this one, I've chosen mortgage payments to rent. And I've said, okay, well, we're at 207% now. Um, you know, the 30-year uh, the average and the 10-year average are sort of shown on that chart as the, the yellow and the green lines. Um, and they're significantly below. They're sort of more like, I think, about 150, 160%. I've said, well, what happens if it comes back to 170? So still, still stays well above what where it's been in the past as as an average, but you know, it just sort of falls there gradually over the next sort of five years. Um, so if that's the case, uh, and, and there's some other economic factors behind which you know, we we sort of pre we preset some of these for you, um, and then you can go in and change them if you like. But that's that's the outlook there. Um, we've got the gross rental yield. You can see what the effect is on that. So that would put the yield back to their the sort of ten year average. Um, the property price to full time wages would actually would that would fall from current levels, but it would still be above its sort of ten year average. And the mortgage payment relative to full time wages would sort of fall to seventy five percent ish. Um, again, miles above the miles above the long term averages. So so we've been pretty. Um, Pretty friendly. We've basically said, you know, interest rates are going to fall from where they are. Um, the mortgage payment to rent is going to revert back to a more normal level, but but it's still well above its ten and thirty year average, and all the other factors are, are, are sort of well above their their, their longer term averages. And you can see on the line as well at the bottom there, I've got the rental growth, lots of real rental growth coming through. So um, the next slide then I've got shows what that would do. 
So we've got the, the gray dotted line is if I bought a property, that, that million dollar property with no debt, you can see that I basically make a little bit of, over the uh, the next 10 years, I make a little bit of money from it. Um, not very much, but but it's, but it's certainly positive. Um, if, I've, if I borrowed uh, the 80%, that this is assumed, then I'm going to be down sort of 200 plus thousand dollars over the deal. And then you can see on the right what's doing that to you. So I've got my entry, so I start with my 200,000, I've got some entry costs that sort of knock off a bit. I get all this rent, um, or, or you know, it's either rent that I receive or rent that I don't pay, either, you know, however we want to look at it. Um, then we've got these ongoing property costs. Um, you've got your interest costs, which is by far and away the biggest chunk of that. And then, then you get this positive change in your property value and, and net effect is you basically end up dusting most of your $200,000 um, uh, by having that debt and having to pay that interest. So um, yeah, so, so, so in terms of that perspective, um, that's a relatively friendly version and, and still ends up not looking particularly good. Uh, if you want to go down the more, uh, the more negative point, path is if I, if I threw in exactly the same um, effects, but now I went to 7% interest rates, um, now you're getting, now you, you, your property actually isn't going down by that far over this. So you can see over by the time 2032 rolls around, you're sort of, um, you're only slightly behind where you started. Uh, that's that gray line at the top, but you know, you've dusted sort of $600,000 in or $700,000 in paying those, the massive in, amount of interest over that time period. Now, why, do, why doesn't property fall that much? Well, the property doesn't fall that much because embedded in these assumptions, we've put some, some, um, some relatively large rental growth increases. And so the idea is that, well, you yields, you know, if you're growing at, um, I think it's about four, four or 5% per annum, your rent's growing four or 5% per annum, then that sort of helps to underpin that, that the cost of your, um, uh, the, the, the value of the property. So even though we've sort of got those, the rates coming back, and, and again, you know, got it coming back to 170. Um, percent You know, you can probably see from that other mortgage payment graph, like that's well above the 10-year average, well above the 30-year average. You know, if they went back to the 30-year average, um, there's a lot fall of further from the fall for those properties to fall. So, you know, if it went back to sort of its 30-year average of say about 150, percent then you can knock another 20 percent off the value of the property. So, yeah. So that's those. I might. Let me jump on and do a, a live example though with a calculator, just so that people can see how how it's sort of how it's meant to be used, and then sort of look at the rental. How you can look at that in terms of rental um, versus renting and versus an investment in, say, the stock market as well. So, uh, am I live? Yes, see. that's coming through. Yep. Okay. So, um, so you can choose either either a, a house or a unit, and you can choose where you want which you know which major city you you want that to be in. Um, you can see as well, so the rents in here, so I've, I've got this million dollar, $200,000 deposit. You can go and, you know, put that, whatever you like for that. But, um, uh, and, and, I, and actually I had a complaint the other day that the property prices don't go up. I think it sort of caps out at $2 million or something. Um, I think the idea, the idea was that, uh, and you're right, we probably, we probably had a little, we'll probably had another million to that, but I didn't want to sort of put in 10 million, $20 million houses because, um, I think they they don't trade on the same metrics. I don't think anyone no, I don't think anyone buys a a twenty or thirty million dollar house um, thinking about the rental yield they're going to get and and you know they're going to we're going to put somebody in this house and they're going to pay it off for me or whatever it is. There's a I think that they trade on on other metrics. Um, but yeah, so 
if you if you change between units and houses, you can see the 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 rent is changing down here that and and sort of saying that okay, well the average a million dollar house, um, you know, is basically giving you a two point nine, um, or just under a three percent rental gross rental yield at the moment, which is monthly, you know, two point five. And then if you went to a unit though for a million dollars, um, you're going to get a much higher yield on that. And and same with if you pick different different cities, um, uh, the yield will change depending upon. Um, uh, you know which city you choose to sort of match that to match that city. Uh, so then you go to the next screen, and you choose the economic environment. Whether you're expecting um, you know a very bad economic environment to a good or a property paradise, and it, you can mouse over the uh, the eyes, and you can see that you know property paradise would be quite high inflation, quite high wage growth, um, really good rental growth, uh, mortgage rates falling back to three and a half percent, and and um, uh, yeah, and, and and what's happening with shares. So I've I've just gone with a moderate moderate scenario, which is um, you know mortgage rates of five percent. Um, so you know not much higher than where they are today. Uh, inflation of two point two five. Um, yeah, and then sort of more more normal rental growth and, and wage growth. Uh, so if you go to that, um, you can change all those later, but that's just sort of preset ones we've just got in there to make it a bit easier. Uh, then you sort of choose this point about saying, okay, well, here's where I can see in this line, here's where the the, um, uh, the current ratio is for, for mortgage cost to rent. And I can say, well, what happens if I think that's going to be closer to, you know, 100, if I feel it's going to be 4 to 121%, or I can see that, okay, the 30, 30 year average is 1.4. I can sort of change this to go, let's say it's going to go back to the 30 year average. What does that actually mean? Um, or I can choose to do it mortgage cost of wages, um, same same graph. So it's currently at eighty five percent. I can say, oh look, let's let's say that fell back to to the ten year average of sixty percent, and um, yeah, and then keep going. And then you, and you can use that of those, those other ones. So you can only cho choose one though. You choose one as your, your your valuation method, and then we'll show you in a minute what what that means. So let's say I'm going to use mortgage cost of wages this time of sixty percent. Um, Okay, that's going to send my property price down. Uh, I can see the, um, if I look at this detailed output, I can see that, okay, that's, I've got my mortgage property full-time wage going back to its its 10-year uh, average. What does it actually do to these other ones? That actually sends the, uh, oh, sorry, that's mortgage price to full-time wage back to the 30-year average, which sends the mortgage payment to full, uh, yeah, Sends the other ones down to the the the, the ten year average. Um, then I do I go and adjust all these assumptions. So if you want to go in there and say, okay, well look, we've got real wages growing at half percent and inflation at two point three. If you said, oh no, look, I think it's going to be, yeah, we're going to be running at five percent inflation for some time. Um, things will look a lot better um, because yeah, so now this you haven't lost as much because uh, inflation's running really high and um, uh, but then if you end okay. Inflation of that and mortgage or interest rates of yeah. So anyway, choose all your choose your different variables, and that will sort of give you the um, you know what you where where the property will come out. Um, then once you've done that, uh, I might actually just start with a let me just refresh the whole thing and start with a brand new version. That's because um, I'm not one hundred percent sure what I've changed there, but. <laughs> And uh, Damien, just just to, um, just to make clear, there's a few viewers asking in the chat um, if you want to see the calculator, if you want to use the calculator, 
uh, you go to nucleuswealth.com forward slash property dash calculator. Uh, we've got a few other calculators under the resource tab on the on the homepage as well. So uh, yeah, feel free to check those out too. Okay, so I've got this. I've got this property one. Once I've got that, then I can say I can do a comparison to buying. And what that does is it then says um, my first question is, look, what what are you going to do with your money, and what type of return are you going to get on it somewhere else? So if you're just going to say you're going to stick it in the bank and you're going to get three percent because um, we've got your know, mortgage rates going to five or six percent or whatever, and you're saying you know, okay, I can get three percent to sticking it in the bank um, or in government bonds, and then you go, okay, well, on day one you're 150 grand better off renting versus buying because um, you don't pay all the stamp duties and all that type of stuff. Now, depending upon the the capital growth, you can then see year by year how much cash flow does that actually mean. So, um, if you're renting, you're spending under this scenario twenty seven thousand. Um, you're buying, you spend forty five on your on your on your on your mortgage um, and and other costs as well. Um, and I didn't I didn't actually show that there is a there's a whole section on other costs in terms of your you know insurance payments and your um, your uh, annual fees for if you're in an apartment um, repair costs you know all that type of stuff like that and depreciation on 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 various things um, is all sort of put in there so you can change we've sort of defaulted it but you can go in there and change all those assumptions if you like um, and then you sort of see what the capital gain or loss is and, and what the, the cumulative amount and sort of the, the net amount you, you, you gain. So obviously under this scenario, um, it looks good. But if I went back to um, my, uh, let's go back to a property forecast and say, so we wanted to make this so that it looks much better. And we said, okay, the mortgage rate's going to fall back to three and a half percent. And now we find, you know, properties, no. It is, it is tough sometimes to get this to uh, to look good in the, in the current scenarios. Maybe we need to put mortgage rates down a bit to so we go back into another crisis. And but you know, still we're still getting lots of rental growth and lots of wage growth. Okay, so now I've got this property where it's going up, um, and you can look and say, okay, well, what about versus the rent though? Um, now you know you start off in front, but um, because you you skip the the stamp duty and everything. But then that sort of gradually erodes away as you get that capital gain coming through, and then you can sort of see there that you know by the end of this time period you're you're one hundred twenty five thousand dollars over ten years you're one hundred twenty five thousand dollars worse off because of all the capital gains that we've put into that assumptions. But um, yeah, so that's that's your versus rent. Um, there's a similar one versus shares. Um, now the shares um, you go and say look currently here's what the PE is. Um, you know. If you sort of said this is just on Australian shares, go okay. Well, let's say it's going to go back to uh, maybe fourteen times, but um, earnings growth is going to be quite weak. Uh, and then you're paying one percent in fees or whatever it is, and there you can sort of see what's what are shares doing over that over that time frame. What's your debt property doing? So in the case I had here, you know, it was we had some quite bullish assumptions in terms of uh, the. The property, but it's it's going to be behind for the first certainly the first year because you've got to pay out all your stamp duties and everything and to get in. But then as as time goes on, because we've got lots of debt in here, um, the property eventually overtakes shares because it's you know it's it's a it's a good market for property and and um, these assumptions were put into there. So uh, yeah, so anyway, so there's there's those, all those types of things. You know, a lot of this um, the, the key reason why I created this really was to show people that. Um, mortgages, the price of mortgages really, really matters. It was this this point that um, you know, as 
we went through this 20-year period where mortgage prices just falling year after year after year and it blip up a little bit but then start falling again and that meant that people could then afford to have bigger houses and afford to spend more and and that kept on pushing property prices higher um it very much looks like we're in the opposite direction now and so um you know that, that's you know i guess i created this so that people can go in and if they disagree with what i'm saying and they go in there and, and and show me you know show me what you're expecting and 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 it might be that you're expecting that property prices you know to mortgage if you, if you look at the the mortgage cost to to rent you might assume that's going to go to 300 percent. you know that people will pay three thousand dollars a month three thousand dollars a week for for a mortgage rather than a thousand dollars a week to, to to rent the same house and, and if that's true then property prices will go higher but um i guess what i'm i'm doing is i'm saying i'm trying to bring that back to to the, the two things i think really matter which is that the you, you know the amount of rent on the same house versus the amount of um versus the mortgage cost and the amount of the people are actually earning to the, to the mortgage cost, which I think are the, the key drivers. And they're the things that, that will hold um, property prices to a more reasonable level. Anyway, I've spoken a monologued enough. <laughs> nice one, Damien. Uh, so yeah, just again, nucleuswealth.com forward slash property dash calculator. Uh, go in there, have a uh, check it out. There's obviously lots of different functionality that Damien's just talked through. Um, so uh, this is the last call for any of your questions uh, before we get into the investment implications. Uh, just drop them, drop them in the chat below and we can answer any after this segment. Uh, there's been lots of uh, discussion in the chat, so that's good that uh, people are engaging. Uh, now we've got our viewer question of the week. So this is for viewers to have some discussion in the comments section over the coming days. And the question for this week is, which will give, interest rates or house prices? Uh, so feel free to post your thoughts and engage with us and some of our other viewers over the coming days. Um, so yeah, now I'll uh, pass it back to you, Damien, for the investment implications. Yeah, thanks, Sam. So look, you know, as, as, uh, I think as uh, Matt Hayes' comment is, yes, it's a, you know, you need a unicorn scenario to, to make houses look good at, at this point, and and maybe it'll come, but you you, you know, it is a. Um, uh, it, it looks like it's going to be very tough given the way interest rates are going up. So, you know, there's a there's a question now. You, you've really got to weigh up this idea of rental growth versus interest rates versus house prices, and what's you know, which one of those is going to be the uh, the most powerful one there at the moment? It's interest rates. Um, yeah, rental growth is is certainly booming, and, and you know, if it keeps going the way, if you, if you can get rental growth growing ten percent per annum, then um, that'll that that cures a lot of ills. Um, you know, in terms of house prices, uh, probably creates a lot more problems in terms of uh, social problems. But yeah, that's um, and and I think as well, it's worth noting that rental growth has, has never really grown at those rates. It, it tends to grow at inflation. So um, over over sort of medium term periods. Um, so if you if you disbelieve the interest rates and and because you think that by interest rates going up that far, um, that's going to crash house prices and and basically cause a recession. Um, and that's that's our belief is that you know what you want to be in is you want to be bonds you want to be in international stocks, um, uh, and I guess with a quick with a, with a, with a with a, a a qualification that you know getting the timing in the international stocks is is um, uh, you know is is now exactly the right time. Well, it's certainly better than it was six months ago. Um, we we still think there's a there's a bit more weakness to come. Uh, we think earnings are going to sort of roll over. And and we're about to hit reporting season, and 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 we'll start seeing possibly the the, the initial signs of that. But um, you know, bonds and international is is where you, the key ones to be looking for. Um, if you believe the interest rates, and you do think that um, 
that we're going to sort of seven percent mortgage rates. Um, you want to be out of anything to do with housing. Uh, you want to be hedging your international holdings uh, because um, you'd expect under that scenario as well the the Aussie dollar is going to be rising. Uh, you've got a uh, the other some of the other key factors out there. You know what's happening in in Europe um, and and the Ukraine. If if you've got a view that nothing's going to change anytime soon, and, and we have that that view, gas prices are going to stay high, which is going to be a negative for 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 um, for many. Um, uh, for individuals, it's going to be a drag on earnings, so it's a sort of a negative, and it's going to pull company earnings down. Um, and then in Australia, probably the key measures is is what's happening in China, and particularly Chinese property. Um, it still looks pretty dire the Chinese property situation. You've seen a, a number of headlines come out recently talking about the amount of extra debt that um, China is going to throw into its infrastructure, uh, and that's. It's, <laughs> There's there's two ways to look at that. There's certainly I feel as if um, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of Wall Street's looked at that as a glass half full, um, and and only now they're starting to come around to, to to considering actually maybe maybe actually that glass is, is half empty because uh, the amount of infrastructure building over in China really hasn't changed that much. It's, it's up. It's up sort of you know ten percent ish, but the problem is they're actually having to spend twice as much debt. To get that to get that growth is what they thought they're going to have to spend. So um, they've basically they've they've reached the middle of the year and already run out of their quotas. So they're bringing forward quotas from next year to, to invest this year for debt, and that's not because they're building extra infrastructure. It's because they're still building the same infrastructure they were. They just don't have any money to build it, so they've had to bring forward the debt. So um, yeah. So and, and and when you're building infrastructure in China, um, you don't use much iron ore and you don't use much uh, much copper in in building a road. Uh, the, the the real things that that um, that use that is uh, is buildings, and uh, and the building in China is still um, uh, very much on the way down, and does not look look like it's uh, recovering anytime soon. So yeah, so yeah, pick pick your belief on interest rates, but yeah, our, our take is very much that bonds are as you know I've been saying for a little while, bonds are uh, 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 where to be, and uh, and international stocks as as you think that. Um, uh, earnings are finally uh, bottoming. Um, we still think there's some, some some room to go before earnings bottom. Excellent, thanks, Damien. Uh, so, yeah, we've had a had a couple more comments come through. Jerry, in relation to question of the week, he's uh, thinking house prices are going to give for sure uh, if they can't get this inflation under control. So, uh, yeah, there's been some really good comments coming through today. Uh, so that almost wraps us up. Uh, Damien, thanks again for sharing your knowledge and insights and and for putting on this great show. Thanks, Sam. Cheers. Um, so we do welcome your feedback on this podcast, uh, especially in relation to future topics. Uh, if you do have any ideas, please drop it in the comment section below or send us an email at contact at nucleuswealth.com. Just a reminder, this is general advice and does not take into account your personal situation. If you do want to discuss your personal financial situation, please go to our website at nucleuswealth.com forward slash contact and you, you can book a call with me or one of the team. Don't forget to like the video now. And finally, if you know of anyone that might get some value out of today's episode, we'd really appreciate it if you could please share it with them. And also, if you'd like to see more of our previous episodes or content, head over to nucleuswealth.com forward slash content. And to stay up to date with us, uh, with news from us, you can also follow us on all major social media. So for myself, Damien, and the rest of the team at Nucleus Wealth, thanks for watching, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.